Let's pray as we pray. Andrew's going to come and share this morning. So should we just pray together as, as he is about to come and share? Lord, we just open up our hearts and minds right now as Andrew comes to share. We thank you for the gift of encouragement and uh, edge of release that is in Andrew's heart. And we pray that, that you just have a, a, a real sense of freedom to share what you've placed upon his heart. And we, we ask as well, we open our hearts and minds. We just pray that this is an open area, an open space, an open place for you, Holy Spirit, to have your way. And we pray that you'll take the word that he shares and it is, empowers it into our hearts and lives. Not only be informed, but we pray for transforming power of your spirit to be released in us and through us and in him and through him as he comes and shares in your name and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brilliant. You know, my words aren't always gracious. My words aren't always helpful. Sometimes my words are silly, but I do know this, that the word of God is transforming. It makes a difference and it releases, it restores, it heals, uh, it sets us on a rock. So I want to encourage us this morning just to hear the word of God for your life and for your heart. Uh, And uh, in all the things that I say, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just go beyond those words that maybe I've even prepared, and that it would enter into your hearts and that it would do something transforming. Who's up for that this morning? Can we just congratulate those students who have uh, received their A and AS levels this week? Can we give them a big round of encouragement? I know that some of them have worked so hard, and uh, we pray God's greatest blessings over your lives. I got an E in religious studies. (laughs) What does that teach you? But listen, uh, uh, it talks in Romans about having a mind transformed by, uh, by God, being open to God for transformation, and then you'll know his perfect, pleasing will for your life. So it's great that you uh, throw yourself into education, to learning, but also have an open ear and open heart to, to know God's leading and calling your life as well. So it's great. Great to have some of the holiday makers back. Give us a wave if you're back this weekend. Some of you are glowing with that bronze or is it rust? <laughs> great. It's great to be in a holiday time and, and uh, catching up with people and where they've been. And uh, anyone ever seen that holiday nightmares program? Yeah. It, it does create, doesn't it, in you that thing of I don't want to go away. If you've watched some of those programs, I've had a few holiday nightmares of my own, believe it or not. Yes, you do believe this, don't you? Uh, and those holidays where you've been away and it's been a, such a holiday night, you wish you'd stayed at home. Anyone relate to that? I've, I've had a few of that. I remember as a, as a child, uh, we went to Yorkshire and we stayed on a farm. Uh, and uh, it was during that holiday, it's one of those where we all, I think we all went away thinking we should just stayed at home. My dad got uh, food poisoning on the sausage roll, as you, as you do. Not only that, when it kind of came upon him, he, he ran for the the sash cord window that was open in, in the bedroom they were staying and he, uh, he was vomited. Yeah, the farmer's wife was just walking on the pathway. Narrowly avoided her, um, but not only that, he knocked the stick that was holding up the, the sash cord window so it clamped him in the, in the window there. Um, but not only that, it was my birthday, probably the worst, sorry mum, probably the worst birthday I've ever had in my life. Um, my mum and dad had bought me a bow and arrow, you know, the ones with the little suction pads on the, yeah, that are meant to be safe, but still take out someone's eye. And uh, I, I, I thought, well, while that, my dad's uh, doing all that, 
I'd uh, run around the, the farmyard with a farmer's son. He was about the same age to try and make a bit of fun of my birthday. And uh, so whilst he was ducking and diving and he knew where he was going, and all of a sudden he took a, a duck and carried I thought, what on earth is he doing? I carried on running straight after him. Then I discovered why he ducked, because there was an unseen electric fence wire, which I ran straight into, fell on my back. And uh, so not only was my dad chucking up his guts, not only had he got an injured back uh, from the sash called wind, not only had the farmer's wife upset, but I had got this, I mean, it would be great in one way because I could never grow a moustache, but I had a red line across there. It looked like a red thin tash from this electric wire. Fortunately, the farmer had just turned it off 10 minutes before. Else it would have been an even more shocking incident. Oh, come on, some of you slow today. I'm going to show you a photo of another holiday nightmare, which we've probably stayed. So there we go. Um, That's me and my siblings in Hastings on holiday. Not saying anything about Hastings, but um, we're all in cagoules. And for some reason, my mum let me have the same haircut as my younger sister. (laughs) And for those of you who've got good, good sight, you will see that there's something on my shoulder. That is a squirrel monkey. Okay, uh, for some reason, I was the only sibling that had the squirrel monkey on their shoulder. Uh, and again, mum, I don't want to embarrass you, but I will. Uh, they're dangerous animals. What were you thinking of letting a squirrel monkey be placed on my shoulder for a photo opportunity? That is not a look of enjoyment on my face. That is a look of sheer terror. Let me give you some facts about squirrel monkeys. I'm just glad it wasn't mating time because during mating time, they double in size. Fact. In 2015, 15 people were maimed at London Zoo by squirrel monkeys. Uh, and there we go. One placed on my shoulder. A wild animal. No, you may not respond to this, mum. It's enough that we're in cagoules. A squirrel monkey on my shoulder and a matching hairdo to my younger sister. That's enough. That is enough. Um, for those who don't know, uh, kagul comes from an ancient Greek word meaning to look a fool. There I am in all my tomfoolery. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was a, it was a few years ago. Uh, it, was a, it was another holiday where we wish we'd stayed at home. We did have some great ones, though. We did have some great holidays. Uh, it was a few years ago, uh, I was talking to Becky Sanders, and uh, we were talking about holidays, and th- she threw into the conversation the word staycation. Staycation. I'd never heard of it before. Anyone not heard of the word staycation? You're all a lot wiser than me. Uh, I'd never heard of it. And she told me, well, it was about, it's about having time off work. It's about trips. You can stay at home and go out on day trips and, and have fun together that way. Uh, it's, it's just, um, has anyone taken a staycation? There's, there's, there's quite a number. Anyone having a staycation this year? I don't know why I got my hand up, because I'm going away on Wednesday. Hey, well, well, staycation is the new thing, apparently. Four in five Brits take a staycation. Uh, uh, and uh, so it's on, it's on the up. And Becky kind of introduced this thought to me about staycation a number of years ago. And uh, yes, believe you me, it's been quite appealing. <laughs> 
when we consider some of the holidays that we've had. But maybe this year you've opted for a staycation rather than a vacation. So, but this morning, whether you've been on holiday or you're going on one or you've chosen to have a staycation, I want to share some thoughts about the ultimate staycation this morning for us. And staycation, it's about finding rest. It's about finding restoration and relaxation and refreshing and maybe quality time in the place that you find yourself at. And I hope and pray this morning that as we uh, talk about the ultimate staycation, that our hearts would be open uh, and our ears would be open and we'd just uh, rediscover spiritually a staycation, as it were. And as we delve into this, the Bible tells us lots of stays. There's lots of stays in the Bible. In the book of Jeremiah, God said to, uh, said to the people to stay in the land. God said to stay in the land because he wanted them to be an influence in the land. And I believe that there's a call for that here in Long Eaton for us as a church to stay in the land, to be an influence, a godly influence in this area. In the book of Matthew, the angel said to Mary and Joseph uh, to, to stay, with baby Jesus to stay in Egypt. And that was about God's protection. God's protection, and may we know God's protection in our life as we hear God stays. Uh, In the book of Luke, Jesus said to his disciples about the coming Holy Spirit, he said to, to stay in the city, stay in the city, and that was about a sense of expectation. It was another important stay in the Bible that was about expecting and receiving the Holy Spirit. And also, as we read through the New Testament, uh, the Apostle Paul encouraged uh, the, the persecuted church to stay hopeful, to stay hopeful. Uh, and so when God issues a stay in our lives, it's always for a reason. And believe you me, there's been times in my life where all I wanted to do is move out or move on, or run away from, or escape to, and I've heard God's still strong voice in my heart say, stay. Listen, God always knows what's for the best. He knows what's ahead. He knows what we've done in the past, and these stays are important in our lives. So I want to encourage you, and uh, we read in in Psalms about um, being pilgrims, that the uh, blessed are the pilgrims. And, and when I say about staying, it's not about settling down. Because there's a whole thing about uh, being fruitful and looking to advance and having that pilgrim spirit in our lives that we want to move on, we want to grow, we want to be fruitful in our lives. Settling down is not the same as staying. So as a church, we don't want to settle down. We want to have a pilgrim heart that advances and moves on. And receives what God has promised. We don't want to settle down, but we do want to stay in God's incredible stays. And staying in influence and staying hold of his promises and staying hopeful and staying expectant. And church, today, I want to challenge us in the stay of the ultimate staycation. And uh, uh, what I'm going to say today is things that you've heard before. It's going to be things that you've heard before. But listen, this isn't just about hearing. It's also about adhering. It's about applying those promises and challenges from the word of God to our own hearts and lives. So three, three things I'm going to share about the ultimate staycation. And the first thing is stay the course. Stay the course. I love that. Psalm 119, if you can read it there in verse 1, it says, You're blessed when you stay on course. You're blessed when you... Who wants to be blessed this morning? I want to be blessed. If you don't want to be blessed, be blessed. Um, 
Psalm 119, verses 1 to 8 says this. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road he set. You, God, prescribe the right way to live. Now you expect us to live in it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. You're blessed when you stay on course. You're blessed when you follow his directions. If we want to be blessed this morning, let's receive the challenge from Psalm 119 to stay the course. To stay the course. I, uh, I hated cross country in school. Did anyone else hate cross country? Oh, Carla, you're shaking your head. Is that because you have disgusted at me hating cross country or that you did as well? <laughs> you did. I hated it. I hated cross and, and they always picked the muddiest, worst route to go. Always at the coldest time of the year. Anyone relate to this? Um, so, so when I was at secondary school, every year, I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was. It wasn't just cross country. It was torturing plimsolls. That's what it is. I'm sure the teacher took great delight at seeing his tortured in plimsolls running that track, muddy lanes, country lanes. And, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you into something because we did two circuits of country lanes and muddy pathways. One year, I hated it so much that I decided that, oh, I don't, oh, don't know if mum knows this. Um, oh. You know when you started saying something and then you, I've got to go with it now. Uh, one year, I'd, on the first circuit, I decided I would hide in the bush off the beaten track, wait for them to do the second circuit and join in on the second circuit. I tell you what, I was still out of breath and sweating cobs. That's it. Uh, yeah, I, I stayed off the course to avoid the run. But I'm not, I know I'm not the only person that's done this. I know I'm not. And one of them was a lady called Rosie Roos. Rosie Roos was declared the winner uh, of the female category for the 84th Boston Marathon back in 1980. And uh, she had, but eight days later, she had her title stripped off her. She no longer was the winner because they discovered that partway around the, the course, she hopped on a subway, cr- cruised the, the subway in Boston. <laughs> got off half a, ma- a mile before the end of the, the course and just gleefully ran in. I've won, I've won. Uh, bless her. I, I, can't, I can't put it down for that because I'm probably as bad uh, staying off course. But she, yeah, she had her title stripped off her one minute a, a w- winner in front of everyone's eyes, next minute just crushing uh, loss. But uh, uh, again, I'm not the only one. She's not the only one. Back in tw- 2015, 47 people in the Boston Marathon were discovered that they were cheating. <sighs> so they bought bibs off people who had won. They, they bought themselves extra st- seconds. They, oh, they did all sorts of things to win, swap bibs. Uh, but listen, uh, what I'm trying to get to is this. <laughs> Stay in the course. It takes conviction. It's not, it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to stay the course. It takes guts. It takes determination. It takes courage. It does take blood, sweat, and tears sometimes. It takes conviction. And many people fall away, as we've heard. And they try and find an easier route or stay at the side of the track, like me, or hop on a subway um, and wait for the, 
finish line to come to them. Uh, listen, when, when, we, when we give our lives to Christ, we're placed on a course that leads to eternal life. There's no shortcuts. There's no easy routes. There, there is no spiritual subway to hop on. There's no bushes to hide behind and hope you get to the end. There's, it's not, the Christian life is not without challenges. But it is, but it is a place of incredible blessings as we've read in Psalm 119. You're blessed. He steadies our feet. He gives us direction and purpose in our lives. Stay the course. I want to encourage us to make Psalm 119 verse 1 to 8 our prayer for our lives. You're blessed when you stay on course. You're blessed when you follow his directions. And... uh, I was kind of brought up in church every week at church. I, I've not got a testimony about drugs and, and drink and, and violence and stuff like that. But, but I have got a testimony of the steadfastness of God in my life. I, I've, got, uh, I've got encouragement from the blessings that he gives me staying on course. I, I've known the, uh, the gentle uh, leading back to the course when I've decided to stray off course and be distracted. You know, the, it was the other week, um, I, I talked a little bit about finishing well. Adrian also talked uh, previous weeks about finishing well. And today, I want to encourage you again, finish well. Stay the course. Keep going. Keep going. You'll be blessed when you stay on course. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12 says this. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. See, sometimes we want the blessings of God and sometimes we want the promises of God. But sometimes we don't want to stay the course. Our challenge is today, stay the course, stay the course. The next stay of our ultimate staycation is stay connected. Stay connected. And 1 John chapter 2 verse 28 says this, John writes, And now children, stay with Christ, live deeply in Christ. I love that. Live deeply in Christ. Well, thinking about other holiday nightmares, it was about three years ago, um, I insisted that we go to Devon on holiday because Devon is a, just a beautiful part of the, not only the UK, the world. Okay, Devon is, is lovely. So I insisted that that's where our family holiday was going to be. And uh, Penny found a luxury apartment that overlooked the sea. Uh, and I found a chalet on a golf course with a swimming pool. Now, because this is, a, this is a, an issue in our house, C- can we do a bit of a survey today? So who, hands up, if you would opt for the luxury apartment overlooking the sea? Who would opt for the chalet on a golf course with a swimming pool? Thanks, Rich Warman. And Helen. And Carl, three of you. Extra blessings for you guys. <laughs> so, whilst Penny was at work one day, once we decided on the luxury apartment overlooking the sea, I took it upon myself that I'd book the chalet on a golf course with a swim. I, my thinking in this was, if it rained, it's great to have a sea view. But the swimming pool, you can do any time. You're going to get wet going in the swimming pool. It's there for the kids. Uh, that's why I was thinking. Um, but basically, we got there, and the, the lady at reception, I lo- use that term very loosely, not that she was a lady, but reception. She, she was behind the bar, 
Um, she said, oh, have you read that we're 500 yards from the sea on the details? I said, yes, yes, that was one of the things that swung it for, for obviously me. Uh, she said, well, yes, 500 yards, the sea is there, but it's a vertical cliff drop. You've got a five-mile drive to the beach. Uh, we couldn't see the sea because we were in a dip on the golf course. The, uh, we had to skim, le- this, is le- this is truth, we had to skim leaves off the pool the first time we swam in it. And then there was also a crunch underfoot where snails had fallen into the... It won't go. The chalet was actually a 1960s Butlins reject. The model was rejected by Butlins, but found its way onto that golf course. Uh, but the worst thing what the worst thing of this holiday was uh, for the kids that Dad had booked somewhere with no Wi-Fi. Uh, I, and all our holiday ideals began to crumble before us as we began to think that maybe we should have just stayed, stayed at home for that holiday. There was no Wi-Fi. You couldn't even get a phone signal unless you leaned out the window, which I didn't recommend to any of the kids. Um, So it's what we now call as a family the the week of the great disconnect. Um, That was that holiday. But we're kind of wired for for connecting. And I know that Adrian spoke on this, especially in our Thrive series uh, earlier in the year, about uh, we're kind of wired up for connecting. And it's kind of ironic that social media is set up for connecting with others when more often than not it can be anti-social media, can't it? Uh, and more often than not, it's a, a slap in the Facebook uh, rather than just Facebook. Uh, so it's kind of it's funny, but really sometimes in all of that social media age that we live in, the, the importance of a depth of relationship is often lost. But the, the, a long, long time ago, before our holiday in Devon, uh, again, I say it's a great place. Do not go, not go on holiday to Devon because of what I said. It's a great place. Um, but... Uh, Years and years before that, there was another great disconnect, a greater disconnect. And we read in the Bible, right at the beginning in Genesis, of the disconnect with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. How they chose to do their own thing. They made a choice in their life to disobey God and go their own way because they thought they knew it was for the best for them. And it caused a great disconnect with their relationship with God. And we can't go blaming it all on Adam and Eve because I'm sure in our lives, and I can put my hand up and say, there's been times in my life when I've known a great disconnect where I've unplugged myself from God's purpose and tried to do things my own way. And this morning, I want to encourage us to stay connected, to stay connected. Christ's cross is God's reconnect with our disconnect. Jesus Christ has done all he can do to reconnect us to a relationship, a deep relationship, to live deeply in Christ. He's done all he can on that cross cross, uh, to to reconnect us. And this morning I want to encourage us because all of this begins, all of our connections, all of our stays, all of those promises that we find in the Bible, they all begin with the cross of Christ. And this morning if you are not in a relationship with Jesus Christ... Jesus encouraged us to be born again, to open our heart and life to him, to submit to him, to make him Lord of our lives, to acknowledge all that he has done in in offering us forgiveness and hope on the cross and a resurrection life as he rose to life again. And I want to encourage us, it all begins with Jesus Christ. And that reconnect, if you felt a disconnect in your life, 
Maybe that you've known that something, there's something missing. Maybe you've even been coming to church for a long time or visited occasionally. Listen, it's important that you understand that what God has done for you to reconnect you into a deeper living relationship with him. And it says there in 1 John 2, 28, it says, stay with Christ, live deeply in Christ. You see, it's talks about more than shallows, more than shallow living, more than shallow living for ourselves, more than, more than even a shallow faith or, uh, or, or just uh, keeping things going. It, it talks about living deeply in Christ. I got uh, the other week three passion flowers uh, from Morrison's. Uh, there are other supermarkets available, but they were £1.74. So I got three because they say to do things in three, plus it fit in the flower bed I made. But... Um, over the, over the course of the weeks, they've grown, they've flourished, they've really taken over this trellis. But one day, I noticed some yellow leaves. And I traced the yellow leaves along the stem and down to the, where the root was in the flower bed. And I discovered that the, the, uh, it somehow, garden fairies, footballs, or dogs, um, somehow it had become disconnected from the source. And the, the leaves had turned turned yellow, uh, and I obviously I couldn't glue it back together or sellotape wouldn't do, but there was, a, there was a disconnect. Listen, things will only stay green for a while when there's a disconnect. And we can say that we've uh, been, been connected with a church, been connected with a relationship with God, and other things might have come in the way, or other things have tried to come and snip away at, at the source of a time with God, have been distracted. Listen, it's important to, I love it how Jesus talks about being grafted in. So even though there's a parting, there's an opportunity for reconnect by being grafted into his family. And I want to encourage us in that. And Jesus in John chapter 15, John chapter 15. And and again, I'd encourage you to hop onto our uh, podcast and listen to early in the year when Adrian talked about uh, thriving and remaining in God. Uh, and in John chapter 15, Jesus describes himself as a true vine. And he talks about remaining in me. If you remain in me and me and you, you, you get anything you want, it'll be granted. When, when you produce much fruit, you'll be my true disciples. This brings glor- great glory to the Father. He talks about remaining, or another version says abide. And abide uh, comes from the word, Greek word, meaning, uh, meno. And it means to remain. It means, it means to, to uh, continue, but it also means to stay to stay. Our ultimate staycation really begins in this connection with Jesus, to stay. Uh, to stay as one also means to not to become another or different. You see, when we are connected with Christ, we become Christ-like. It doesn't mean that we live separately and sometimes connect with, with God. It's a relational thing. It's, it says there, uh, it means not to become another or different, but to stay as one. To stay as one, and I know that when it's that con- when we've got that connection and we're living deeply in Christ, that that connection that we have can not only transform our lives but our communities and our families and the world around us and our workplaces. That connection is important. And he talks about staying with me, and you'll bear fruit. He talks about staying in my love, and you'll be filled with joy. He talks about staying with me, and I will stay with you. Incredible promises there in John chapter fifteen from Jesus. The key to a fruitful life is in staying connected to Christ, staying connected to the one who prunes, who tends, who nurtures, who who loves, who forgives, who leads to become like him. Our ultimate staycation in life 
is found in Christ. So I would encourage us, as John did there, to stay with Christ and to live deeply in Christ. And I just want to finish off with our third uh, thing, third stay for our ultimate staycation. It's this. It says in Galatians chapter 5, uh, Paul wrote, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free. Make sure that you stay free. I, uh, I once read about an elephant, um, as you do, and uh, in, in this write-up it said that they're the largest land animal on earth. But not only that, they're one of the most powerful and strong uh, land animals on earth. Incredible beasts, uh, powerful but it also went on to say in this write-up that it only takes one strong rope to restrain an elephant. And what people have done is when a baby, a baby elephant, what do you call a baby elephant? Um, baby elephant. Oh, calf, yeah. So when they're, when they're a calf, uh, people tie a strong rope around one of its legs and tie it to a large tree. And they basically, they, they bind it. So as this elephant grows up, first few weeks, it's pulling and pulling at the rope, trying to break free. But because it's just a, a small little calf, uh, uh, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. It can't pull down the large tree. It can't escape the strong rope. And what happens is when the elephant grows up and becomes its full size and really powerful and strong, it, it, it won't struggle to get free. Because what happens is he'll give a little tug and he'll feel the, a little rope of resistance. What was a, a strong rope is now just a a, a binding rope. He, 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 can't, he can't get away. He believes it is still held captive and he can't break it. He, and, uh, this, uh, and these elephants are incredibly strong and incredibly powerful, but they're also bound. They're also bound. And there's things that can come along and keep us captive, even as Christians. And maybe it's that sense of, of guilt or shame or the past. And light, as we're thinking about that elephant um, we can sense a resistance in our lives. Maybe it's something like for those elephants, something that happened when we were young that bound us, that had us captive, that was out of our control, that has still got hold in our lives. And we can be bound in our thinking and perceptions about ourselves and other people. A little rope can have a huge grip. A little rope can have a huge grip. Even those things that people say, oh, that's nothing, don't worry about that, just move on. You try saying that to a big, heavy elephant, elephant, and elephant. <laughs> a little rope can have a huge grip. But Romans chapter 8 declares, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've been set free. We've been set free from the law of sin and death. And while Satan wants to keep us captive with that little rope around us, Christ has set us free. And I would encourage us to remember what Christ has done. And, but Paul goes on to say as well, and in the, it was in this context that um, J- some Jewish Christians, some Jews that had become Christians, were telling other Christians, Gentile Christians, oh, you've got, you got to keep those traditions. You've got to keep those regulations. You've got to keep those rules. Uh, you've got to keep those ceremon- ceremonial things that we've been doing all those years. You, you've got to keep doing that. You've got to keep doing that. But Paul was on the, ba- on the back of those people say, uh, saying that to new Christians. He said, no. He says, No. Christ has truly set us free. It's not about what you can do. 
It's not about keeping rules and regulations. It's, it's not about the, the, what you can do. Like so many other false religions around the world would say today, you've got to do this, you've got to keep that. Christianity stands out from every other religion because it's not what we can do in of ourselves. It's what Christ has done. It's what Christ has done. Christ has made a way. So be truly free. Be truly free. Christ wants us to be free. Brother Yun, incredible man, also known as the heavenly man, an inspirational Christian. And uh, for years he shared his faith in communist uh, China. He was imprisoned. He was tortured. He was beaten. He was persecuted. But as a persecuted Christian who spent years of his life imprisoned from the age of 17, 17 years old of, uh, of age when he was first imprisoned for his faith, 17 years old, lived a lot of his life in prison. He said this, I feel so sorry that many Christians live in bondage even though Jesus has signed their release form with his own blood. This is a man who's been in prison for years but knew the freedom of Christ in his life. And I, I feel reminded of Good Friday. Good Friday this year, we had breakfast and we, uh, uh, we had communion. But before we took communion, we took stones off the floor to represent things that we felt that we were carrying, uh, uh, whether that's hurt or unforgiveness. And we, we lay them at the foot of the cross. We lay them at the foot of the cross. You remember that? Jesus has signed our release form with his own blood out. And we can hold on to our hurts. But while we hold on to our hurts, we can't fully embrace the freedom that there is in Christ. And I want to encourage us today, don't pick up again what Christ has laid his life down for. Don't pick up again what Christ has laid his life down for. And Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, and I'm going to finish in a moment or two. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to, to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do. And destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. Freedom grows in love. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. See, our our, our, our freedom in Christ isn't a license to sin. It's a license to love. It's a license to love. And I would encourage you to embrace those words of Paul. Go away and read that for yourself in uh, in Galatians chapter 5. Read it all. Get it in context. Understand what Paul's saying. Freedom. Freedom. If you've seen Braveheart right at the end of the film, William Wallace lying there, and the magistrate says to him, oh, have you got anything else you want to say for yourself or anything? And William Wallace declares, freedom! (laughs) And I declare that over our lives this morning. Freedom! Freedom in Christ! Hallelujah. I'm going to invite the, the band to come back and we're going to end our time uh, worshipping together. But as they come, I want to encourage us that the ultimate staycation for our lives, the ultimate staycation is staying in the promises and in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's our place that we can find ourselves in, whether we're on the other side of the world or in Long Eaton, in this church this morning or at home later on or in the garden having ice cream. Our ultimate staycation is found in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I love what it says in uh, James chapter 5. Take the old prophets as your mentors. They put up with anything. They went through everything and never once quit. All the time honoring God. What a gift life is. What a gift life is to those who stay the course. You've heard, of course, of Job's staying power. And you know how God brought it all together for him in the end. That's because God cares. 
He goes on to say, God cares, cares right down to the last detail. Maybe we've gone off track. Maybe we've become disconnected. Maybe we've been distracted by things in life. Maybe we feel bound by a little rope from, that we've had around us for years. But listen, this morning, God cares. He cares right down to the last detail of your life. I pray that we discover our ultimate staycation because our staying power is grounded in the steadfastness of a great God. Let's stand as we close our time together this morning. But as we do, um, it'd be wrong of us to say, um, let's sing this song, go home and enjoy the rest of the day without an opportunity for prayer. And what I'm going to suggest is that as the guys lead us in a time of worship, that to my right, that's to your left, there's an open space. And if you just want someone to come and stand with you in in prayer, or maybe you want to connect with Jesus Christ for the very first time, maybe you felt that you've been bound, and even if it's by a little rope that other people have said is insignificant, listen, it's significant to God, that's why... You know, it says there in James, God cares about every detail. He cares. It's not insignificant to God if it's significant to you. So I would encourage you to, to come and we would gladly pray with you. Pray for that reconnect. Pray, pray for that restoration in your life. So Father, I just pray that this morning we wouldn't be held back and bound by our chairs, but we'd be released. If you... Holy Spirit is stirring our hearts now. I thank you that this is a place of freedom and liberty and hope and love. So Lord, I pray that we'll be released to respond. Released to respond to you, to your heart, Father God, who sees every detail. I would encourage you. I I really feel in my heart that there's people who have lived a connected life but have become disconnected from God. And God's not necessarily said that those connections that you made are wrong, but he is saying that it's right to come to him. So I want to encourage you, if you've known a disconnect, God wants to reconnect you with you through the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. So I would just ask you to, to respond, make your way to my right, your left. And maybe some of the leaders or life group leaders would come and just pray and stand with you in Jesus' name. Amen.